The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Six o'clock hour Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Saw something last night on the city's northwest side that dovetails with another story that's been in the news. I'd like to get your reaction to it. Uh, as we talk a lot on the program about local police, Columbus police or various police in our suburban areas. Uh, story in the news this week of a civil rights attorney uh, named Emmanuel Olawale. He is a uh, black man uh, who apparently owns an office in Westerville. Um, he did not appreciate Uh, his interaction with Westerville police officers who saw him disposing of several bags of trash uh, in a dumpster that he rents behind his office. Uh, He felt like he was being targeted because of his race when he provided his ID, and they ran his ID to check for outstanding warrants after he had presented them a business card that showed that he worked at the address and uh, in all likelihood had control over the dumpster, paid for its... uh, Uh, presence there and all those kinds of things. Uh, I viewed the body cam video. Uh, I think the officers were incredibly uh, professional. Uh, I do not find it uh, out of the ordinary. In fact, I find it quite in line with what I would expect to happen if I stopped at a dumpster while not dressed in office attire and dumped a bag of trash in it. I would expect someone, if an officer saw me, I would expect him to come over and ask me what I'm doing because dumping is illegal unless you have uh, the right to use uh, a dumpster. I would not be at all surprised by that. I would expect it. Uh, So this story was in my mind last night as I met some friends for dinner at uh, a place on Sawmill Road, just north of 270. And as I pulled into the parking lot, I noticed three Columbus Police SUVs. And three Columbus police officers. Uh, They were standing approximately five feet apart, forming a semicircle around a white male um, who was dressed casually. um, And they were not within arm's reach of him, but they were clearly interacting with him and observing his response to their interactions. Um, To me, I anticipated that this would result in either a resolution of their discussion and the police officers going on their way, or this gentleman being taken into a cruiser, placed under arrest, handcuffed, something like that. Instead, this interaction, strange as it seemed to me from observing at a distance, uh, went on for the better part of 20 minutes, at least. With the officers never going over to touch him or get close enough to touch him. Now, the man uh, periodically turned his back on officers, periodically uh, yelled, maybe too strong of a word, uh, spoke in a loud voice, would be definitely accurate. 
one of the officers, a female officer, got in her SUV. She did not leave. She was probably on the radio talking to somebody. The other two officers stayed close by. They didn't pull weapons. They didn't, and I, and I just, what struck me about this scene was how careful the officers were clearly being to not cause this situation to escalate out of control in whatever fashion that it might. Uh, The person that they were speaking with just did not appear to be 100% normal, okay? Like he kept pulling his shirt up and he kept, you know, yelling, turning his back. Those are not the reactions of a normal person who has not either done something wrong or is not suspected of doing something wrong or is not in some kind of a distress, perhaps because of chemical substance. I don't know. Uh, But I eventually looked away for a long enough period of time that the entire situation went away. I don't know if the person was taken into custody. I don't know if it was done in a physical fashion. But what struck me was how incredibly patient, and I would even say ponderous, the officers had to be in this situation. Now, you might think as a citizen in Columbus or Northwest Columbus that this is a good thing. I certainly do not want officers being vigilantes and imposing their will upon people who are innocent and haven't done anything wrong. But I don't think that what I saw last night, spending in excess of 20 minutes with somebody who was not, clearly was not complying in a fashion that put the officers at ease that he could either be turned loose or taken into custody without incident. I don't think that's ideal either. Because what else is going on elsewhere that could be a better use of time for three Columbus police officers and three Columbus police vehicles than standing in a parking lot on Sawmill Road while some uncooperative person forces them to be extra uber careful? And I just bring this up, not because I have any real point to it other than to say if you're out and about and you're of a mind to encourage affirm express appreciation to a law enforcement officer or a first responder I think we're at a time where your affirmation to them would mean a great deal Uh, I think they have Ample justification for questioning how supported they are, particularly as it pertains to Columbus police, uh, by their administration, by their city council, and by a large portion of their citizenry. So a kind word, an affirming word, a strengthening word, an appreciative word, I think would well be well-placed. Um, take that advice, that suggestion, uh, however you like. But I do think we're at a time where uh, many good people who are serving the community and have served the community with distinction are being painted with a very broad brush that is um, suspicious, unjustifiably so, 
of what their motives are and what they're doing. I'm not at all indicating that some police citizen interactions uh, do not escalate because police handled it in a way that is not exactly perfect. But I do not think the random exception to a police officer acting in a professional way is um, a justifiable reason for every police interaction to have to be ponderously long and um, (laughs) really exceedingly, exceedingly patient. Like if this guy's out of line, if this guy's unstable, if this guy's needs to be taken in, then go over to him, put him in cuffs, put him in a cruiser, get out of there, and be available to help somebody else in need. But cops can't do that now. Cops can't be cops. Because if that had happened, you know and I know that there would have been multiple camera phones trained on that interaction, and however justifiable it might have been, It would have been portrayed as, oh, look at this again, rogue Columbus cops out of control. So I just observed that, and I thought, how sad is it that officers who otherwise would handle a fairly innocuous situation and dispose of it quickly and and efficiently can't do what they've been trained to do and can't do what they need to do because they're not supported either by the citizenry or by the administration that they work for. Six nineteen, Bruce Hooley Show. Larry Elder, my uh, teammate at Salem Media, uh, the gentleman whose show follows mine every night at seven o'clock, uh, was was Larry on last night? Aaron, not last night. Last night was the first night he was not on. Right, last night was the first night he's out, and will not be the last night. Uh, he will be out for the foreseeable future until what? Uh, Mid September. Until the recall election in California takes place. Not because he's being disciplined. uh, Because he is running for governor of the state of California. Yes, a talk show host running for office. A Republican talk show host. A conservative talk show host. A black conservative talk show host. Uh, Larry Elder, if you have not seen the documentary Uncle Tom, it's on Amazon. Watch it. It's very good. Candace Owens is in it. Brandon Tatum is in it. Uh, The late Herman Cain is in it. And Larry Elder is in it. Many others are in it. Uh, It's very good, and it would be a phenomenal uh, way for Californians to get to know Larry Elder and what he can do for them as governor of the state of California, but he cannot be on the air while he's running for governor. Uh, So he says he was talked into this by Dennis Prager, who's my personal favorite Salem radio host. He airs one to three daily here on 989 The Answer, right before the Seb Gorka show. Uh, Elder initially said no, was not interested, Uh, and then he thought about it, And he realized that he has a unique voice and certainly can speak with authority to a lot of the problems that plague the state of California. So, Gavin Newsom, this is a weird thing, this recall election. It's basically two elections in one. It is, first and foremost, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom in the middle of his term? Yes or no? If the yeses win, uh, then they go to the second Item up for debate, decision, uh, adjudication on that ballot initiative, which is who do you want to be the next governor of California? Now, it is conceivable that Gavin Newsom could be recalled and reelected. 
because he's on both lists, which is weird. Uh, but uh, Larry Elder notes that 75% of black kids in California cannot read at state-level proficiency. 50% of all kids in California in public schools cannot read at state-level proficiency. Um, so, he says the uh, decline of the state of California isn't the fault of the state, isn't the fault of the people, it's the fault of the state. And the decline of America is not the fault of the people, it is the fault of the party in power, the Democratic Party. Inflation is skyrocketing, our border is a disaster. And Joe Biden continues to lie through his teeth every single day breath. Oh, you thought I was going to say every single day. No, not every, just every single day, every single breath. Uh, Joe Biden talking about, well, it doesn't really matter what the topic is. Listen to Joe Biden as he lies his way through yet another speech. In America, if you lose, you accept the results. You follow the Constitution. You try again. You don't call facts fake and then try to bring down the American experiment just because you're unhappy. That's not statesmanship. That's selfishness. That's not democracy. It's a denial of the right to vote. Yeah, so the topic was voter ID. He's very upset about Texas becoming the latest state to try to enact voter security laws. Statesmanship. You don't have it if you're questioning an election. Hmm. Let me go into the way, not so way back machine. Uh, In 2013, June the 12th, on Yahoo.com, Joe Biden speaking at a fundraiser for Massachusetts Senate candidate Ed Markey in front of an audience of Democrats. And Joe Biden said this. Eight years ago. This man, pointing to Al Gore, was elected president of the United States of America. But for the good of the nation, when the bad decision, in my view, was made, he did the right thing for the nation. Okay, so there's Joe Biden in 2013 questioning the election of George W. Bush in 2000. Did Hillary Clinton in 2016... Question the election of Donald Trump? Yes, she did. So tell me again, Joe, about how sore losers don't question the result of an election. And if they do so, it's not statesmanship. Um, this guy is such a fraud, such a fake, such a phony. Uh, I really, the only mystery I have about Joe Biden is is he a purposely vile, uh, determined, willful, degenerate, duplicitous, and heinous in his approach to politics and the clear and unmistakably uh, fraudulent attempt to mislead the American people? Or is he simply a crazy old coot who repeats the liberal rantings of those around him in the White House? I can't figure that out. But I know that not a 
truthful word passes his lips. Uh, Here's Greg Gutfeld on The Five, a Fox News program celebrating its 10th anniversary, talking about Biden, not just his insane, inane, irascible claims about voter ID laws, but about how voter ID laws are the greatest threat to the American democracy since the Civil War. What Joe said today just upsets me. I mean, he is a pathological, shameless liar. He, he ran on being a unifier. And all he does is bank on racial discontent, right? He's like comparing this bill to the KKK and to Jim Crow. It's like he, all he does is foment racial conflict. And he's making, he claims that he's making a moral case for voting rights as if there are no voting rights. Every American has the right to vote except the left's favorite voting blocks, which are violent felons, illegal immigrants, and the dead. <laughs> My theory is that the, the, there's only one possibility of a true zombie uprising, and it's if corpses found out that they were voted for Joe Biden. The only Republicans Democrats know of are evil. It started with Ronald Reagan. They, Ronald Reagan was supposed to be the worst, right? He was Hitler. Then you got George Bush. He was, you know, a warmonger. Then you had the other George Bush. He was a warmonger. Then you had John McCain, warmonger. Then you had Mitt Romney, who was going to put everybody back in chains, right? Then we're supposed to get the biggest, greatest existential risk in history out of Donald Trump. And now we're sold. A, that's a lie because he's gone. And now this is a bigger existential risk than Donald Trump. This is the worst thing since the Civil War. I'm beginning to think they're exaggerating. <laughs> what gives you that idea? I don't know. I'm just looking forward to the next existential risk. Yeah, understated by Greg Gutfeld saying he thinks they're exaggerating. Of course they're exaggerating. And what I don't understand is why are the people Democrats are pandering to not offended by being lied to. I don't like being lied to. I'm offended when you insult my intelligence. How do African-American voters hear our African-American co-president say that they are not intelligent enough to obtain an ID or copy their ID for voter ID purposes? How are they not insulted by that? How do they not see that that's a lie? How do they not see that every time Jim Biden, uh, Joe Biden talks about Jim Crow 2.0 and Jim Crow on steroids and that voter ID laws are the biggest threat to the American democracy since the Civil War? How do they not see that anyone who would attempt to convince them of that? is telling them a lie that is so ludicrous and bald-faced. You know what's worse since the Civil War than voter ID laws in terms of an existential threat to democracy? Jim Crow! Jim Crow laws passed in the South by Southern Democrats. (laughs) I mean, eventually don't you get tired of being your intelligence being demeaned by people who think you are dumb enough to believe the lies they continue to tell you? That's an aspect of democratic loyalty that I don't understand. There are many. I don't understand how you can possibly be Jewish and vote for Democrats who do not support the state of Israel at all. And I do not understand how you can be Catholic 
and vote Democrat when they have a bloodlust for murdering unborn children. <laughs>